Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Among the five intellectual virtues that Aristotle discusses in his Nicomachean Ethics Book 6, Treatment of the Intellectual Virtues, one of them is what in Greek is episteme. We often translate this as either just knowledge or scientific knowledge, sometimes as science, sometimes as disciplinary knowledge. That's one of my favorite translations to try to render it. And Aristotle doesn't tell us quite as much about this as he does some of the other intellectual virtues, particularly phronesis, but that's in part because he's he's more concerned with the practical than with the theoretical as such. That said, he does think that knowledge in this sense plays a very important role. It is an excellence of the soul, a virtue, an arete. It is a habit that has to be built up over time. He says this is something that we can acquire through learning and be taught and episteme, and it has to do with the part of the soul that is concerned with things that whose, whose first principles don't change. Aristotle will actually say at one point that episteme and some of the other higher intellectual virtues are concerned with those things that are of greatest dignity in nature. That is, you know, in, in many respects, the heavens, the nature of mind itself, the nature of the gods, if you know, whatever that, that happens to be, it's a little un- clear for Aristotle, those sorts of matters. So it's concerned with contemplation, theoria, and the verb that he usually typically uses there is theorying. It's concerned with a truth, but not truth in action, not truth about how to get things done, what he calls the truth of thought, or just truth per se. So this is detached from, at least for Aristotle, detached from practical implications. It could bear upon practical matters, it could inform practical matters, but episteme by itself does not actually do that. So he he goes on and he, he says that it deals with what cannot be different. That is, doesn't admit of being in a different condition, alos echen, to, to be, to exist, to have its, its configuration in a different state. That means to be fundamentally different. So episteme can study things that do change, for example, physics or biology. Biology, you're studying animals and plants, and by extension, human beings. Logic, you know, some propositions may have their truth value change, depending on what they're referring to, but it's, it's you know, the the basic principles that are being discovered don't, in fact, change. Why? Because the arche, the starting points, the, the principles, the beginnings of them also don't change. He tells us that episteme has to do in particular with what we nowadays translate as universals. The Greek term for that is ton to katholu, well, ton katholu, to katholu. The katholu means something like in every case, uh, with respect to the whole, with respect to everything, right? It's a word, by the way, that we get Catholic from. When you say somebody has Catholic taste, that means they encompass everything. So it deals with universals. It deals with things as they're understood by reason or by the intellect 
with the kind of thing that they are, not so much with the individual particular thing. Science is not quite so interested in that. He says it also deals with the things that are by necessity or out of necessity, ex case. That's why it deals with things that typically remain the same, even though perhaps the individual instances may change, the general things don't change. Why? Because there's some sort of necessity, some sort of compulsion, some sort of it has to be this way there. And that's what allows one to discover something that can be assembled into a body of scientific knowledge. It, it is reliable. It stays the same over time. Now, he also says that it reasons from what are called first principles, from, from Arche. And it does so primarily in a deductive fashion. Deductive is a term that we, we use in English. It's coming from Latin, and it's used to translate apodexis in, in Greek, which means something like a process of deductive demonstration. It's often translated as demonstration. Literally, it means to like lay things out in such a way that they're shown. It comes from the word to show. And Aristotle says that when it comes to first principles, we don't grasp first principles deductively. Deduction is the kind of reasoning that comes from necessity, whereas in a logic textbook, you'll often run across the distinction between deductive and inductive arguments, and they'll say, in deductive arguments, if the premises are true, the conclusion must be true. That's what we're, we're saying here with this. That's not to say that scientific knowledge can't have any measure of induction, or what Aristotle calls game in it, but it's primarily deductive, and so it has to get its starting points, its principles, its premises, from somewhere else. Where is that somewhere else? Well, you know, part of it could be through observation, you know, through what we call experience or perception. But in large part, the principles for scientific knowledge are actually going to be coming to it, at least for the people who are truly carrying it out, from noose or intellect or intelligence, another one of the intellectual virtues. Now, of course, the learner working within a particular system may not actually grasp the first principles as such. They may sort of take them on faith and just sort of deductively reason from there. Uh, and that is often okay as they're teaching. What would be some examples of scientific knowledge? Because, you know, we can talk about this in the singular, but then we can also talk about this in the plural. One person may have one kind of scientific knowledge without possessing another kind of scientific knowledge, right? Especially in our own day. Aristotle was somebody who was quite a polymath. He learned a lot of different things, but that is often not the case for the human beings that we know and observe, isn't it? They're often quite specialized. Well, mathematics would be a prime example of this. Mathematics is, in some respects, the episteme par excellence. Aristotle actually observes in Nicomachean Ethics Book 6, hey, you can teach kids math, even though you can't really teach them ethics much, or political science, or metaphysics, because they don't have enough experience. Mathematics is, is an example of a science that proceeds from its axioms, and its starting points, its archive, first principles, and then just deductively reasons out from there. It's true that it can be applied to the world of experience, but pure mathematics 
is indeed a very pure theoretical science. And so it fits the model of what Aristotle is talking about quite well. Physics and biology. Physics, Aristotle does uh, quite a lot of work in, in that field. Physics is the, the science of change, of things that undergo motion or change. And you might say, well, how can it be a science then? Well, the basic principles of it do not change. And Aristotle is concerned with, in this you know, world of things that we observe changing, what are the underlying principles that we find making everything work in more or less the same way? That's to, again, figure out what's going on universally or by necessity. Similarly with biology, living things. What can we say about those? Aristotle devotes several books to that. Logic, not a term that Aristotle uses, by the way. He does talk about hey logike, but by that he usually means the rational right? <laughs> rather than the logical. Um, but he does leave behind several important works in logic and argumentation, which also do in fact tell us about episteme as a form of inquiry. Those would be things like the analytics, the topics, works along those lines. The basic principles of those sorts of activities, as opposed to, for example, say, rhetoric, which Aristotle treats as a technique and not as a science, but as an art or a craft, those can all be understood in terms, again, of the universals or what is by necessity. So this is, Aristotle thinks, a valuable state or habit of mind. Each of these would be itself sort of a manifestation of this general habit of scientific knowledge, one of the intellectual virtues. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.